Hey friends, Shugbury here. I'm so glad that you've tuned in because we have an encore presentation of a hot mess dysfunctional families part two. Now in part one, we gave a great overview. Please listen up and listen to it. But part two talks about when you're dealing with dysfunctional families, when do you let go of something and brush it off and walk it off? Or when do you bring it up and where do you bring it up and what's appropriate and what's not? What should you say, what you should not say? I don't know about you, but I think everybody can use this show. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Welcome to Women's Hot Topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Suge Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? We've got a great show today, and it's a part two. I love part twos because we had so much content in the first one. We needed to carry it over to the second one. Today, our topic is a hot mess, dysfunctional families. Uh, I was told by the expert himself that there are all dysfunctional families out there. No one is perfect and that we need to all listen to this. So the fact that you've tuned in could possibly be a God appointment that he's lined you up with here right now. Today on part two, we're going to talk about avoiding versus addressing the dysfunction, avoiding versus addressing the mess. The first part of the show, we talked about what causes the mess um, you know, where are we at? What is dysfunction anyways? What does it look like? It happens at your work. It happens with your children. It happens with your parents. It happens everywhere because we live in a fallen world. And who do I have here? I'm not going to speak as a professional, but Todd Mulliken. Todd, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I went into detail about his bio on the first show. Would you guys listen to it? We're on iTunes, you know, Women's Hot Topics. Look it up. Listen to it. Both shows go hand in hand and merge together. But Todd, could you take a minute and just share with us a little bit about your life? Sure. I've been married for 31 years to Laura. We have three daughters, Ashley, Alyssa, and Sarah Grace, and a couple of son-in-laws, Andrew and Dan. And we attend Christ Presbyterian in Edina, active members there. And my practice is thankfully about five or 10 minutes from my house. So I counsel about 30 hours a week. And then I also do professor work at Minneapolis College. Okay. So you're busy. Yeah. No downtime. Very little. I'm an extrovert. The busier, the better. You know, kind of, sort of. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, and like if I have a client that cancels, I go home, my wife goes, oh, you're home already. Just kidding. No, she, <laughs> she's more introverted. I'm more extroverted. So it's good to have balance. Opposites attract, don't they? They do. Yeah. Absolutely. And you do much more than talk about dysfunctional families. Mm-hmm. Is that right? What kind of things right. do you touch on in your practice? A lot of it's on anxiety and fear or depression or some more serious disorders like bipolar disorder, personality disorders, or just how to bring out the best in each other in Christ. Just some marriage enrichment. So I see a lot of couples and how, how to bring out the best in each other. A lot of our listeners are throughout the United States and Africa. Hello. Shout out to my buddies in Africa. Um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what is your website you can share with them? Yeah, www.toddmulliken.com, T-O-D-D-M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N.com. And you do also remote out-of-the-state counseling. Yes, do phone counseling for sure. Great. And do you do speaking engagements? I didn't I do. That. No, that's fine. Yeah, I do it at lots of different churches. Or like in September, I'm, I'm doing a conference uh, in a city in, in, in Minneapolis. 
and then for different organizations. So, so they lots can of topics like narcissism, anxiety, just hot topics, kind of what's going on in the mm-hmm. world today. Well, today's hot topic is dysfunctional families. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's so hot, it's a mess. What can I say? I mean, everybody battles with dysfunction in one way or another. Now, not me. I was a perfect mother, and my parents were perfect as well. But we're going to talk about everybody else. Oh, that's right. The first show, we talked about judgment. I shouldn't be judging others. So there we go. Todd had already hit it on the head. But we also talked about let's get the love thing right. And so here's the big question. I did poll my friends, and in fact, this was a really hot discussion. As we discussed about dysfunction and the struggles that each of my friends have been going through, and they're all different. None of them look the Mm. same. So the big question is, Todd, and I want you to spend some time on this, when is it right to avoid the mess, and when is it right to address the mess? Wow, great question. So I think first it's important to look at what your tendencies are, right? Are you kind of a a direct person anyway in the home? Does your mood kind of drive everything? Are you kind of generally... Are you talking flaw- to me personally or just, the people that are out you there? You know, I really wasn't, but it's great you went there. It's all He's good. You're staring me down. <laughs> so if I'm like Mr. and you're not, but if I'm Mr. and Mrs. Flaw Finder, where I'm always yeah. looking for flaws, and I need to maybe back up the train a little bit and look at what's right, too, and what's beautiful, like Paul says from prison, whatever is true, noble of excellence of praise, think on those things, too. So yeah. if I have a tendency, either from trauma in the past or just because I, I have a strong need for order, if I'm always kind of flaw finding and parenting everybody, then I need to not stop doing that, but I also need to maybe pull back a little bit and not address every single thing all the time mm-hmm. and more look at what I'm for. But I think there's probably more people that are more of those people that tend to avoid the mess when they really need to address it because they're more avoiders. They 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 look at the environment and they go, well, if I say this, then he's going to say that. Or if I do it this way, he might do this. So I better not do that. So they avoid what is true. What is true is they're hurt or what is true is they're really joyful or what is true is they are scared or what is true is that, you know, they feel really sad mm-hmm. and they don't want to address it because it won't go well. But I always say honesty today prevents problems tomorrow. Mm. It might cause a big problem today. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when we have honest conversations, that's the only thing that's going to move the generational pattern Ooh, in yeah, a healthier direction. How do you direction. begin doing that when your past has already been dysfunctional? Here's an example. Right. You, you're, you're at a holiday gathering. Freaks a lot of people out. And they, they are, all the relatives, you know, Joe Alcoholic is coming and Fred the Talker and everybody else, they're all together in this room celebrating the holidays, and someone always says something that's just going to wreck the whole entire holiday season. Now, then you've got the Christian who's going to come into this environment. They're afraid to speak up. They don't want to, my dad and I joke about this, poke the bear. And so what, you know, words of recommendation, do you avoid it or do you address it? Yeah, so that, you know, in each case is so different, right? So, yeah, I I talk about three boundaries. The first boundary is honest conversation. So if if I, you know, I need to have an honest conversation with my 28-year-old daughter, with my with my mother, with my father. I'm going to do it one-on-one. I'm going to address it in love, in truth. I'm going to not listen to defend or listen to be right. I'm just going to speak without offending. And then I'm going to listen without defending. But I'm going to have a one-on-one. I'm not going to speak up at the party going, hey, just I'd like to share that the last 35 years, here's what I feel. You know, it's like... Uh, you know, in my opinion, that's the time just, you know, going into what the truth is, right? The truth is Joe Alcoholic or whatever you're saying is going to be there. And I'm going to have my own boundaries where I'm going to go for two hours. Here's what I'm for. Here's how I'm going to minister to certain people. I'm going to pour in. 
and then I'm going to leave and, you know, get support from my friends, you know, other family members, and know that I'm loved. Or they can call Todd, <laughs> and they can talk it through with him as to the best ways to um, handle a, a tough situation. Right. So the second boundary, after we've had honest conversations, because a lot of times honest conversations with somebody that is an alcoholic that isn't wanting to get better, or somebody that is cheating and doesn't want to get better, or somebody that does have untreated bipolar disorder doesn't want to get better, somebody that is an abuser that doesn't want to get better, is that it's it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, it's so then I have to go into better boundaries of more what I call loving detachment, where, hey, I had this honest conversation and I said, as long as this pattern of behavior continues, I need to create some space. And this is what I'm for. I'm for our, our relationship restoring itself. But right now, I don't feel good about it. And I'm just protecting myself a little bit. I'm for you, honey, but this is hurtful. And I need you to look at your own mirror because I'm trying to look at my own mirror. So you're actually telling the people I need to put up a little bit of a separation between us. Correct. Is that right? Yes, correct. First of all, we're going to have an honest conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to address one on it one-on-one. One on one. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm going to try to do it well on my side of the street. So if I'm walking on eggshells, you know, put on some shoes. I'll be okay because the truth is I'm giving the other person a lot of power because I'm defined by their reaction. So we need to learn how to not be defined by somebody else's reaction, but be here's my insight in Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Here's who I am in Christ, and I'm bringing that out into the world. So I need to be more of an inside out person, mm-hmm. where I'm gathering the advocate, the Holy Spirit, gathering as my strength, as my comforter, as my protector, and I'm going into a tough situation, and I have no idea how they're going to respond. Mm-hmm. And I can't be controlled by how they respond, but I need to be defined by what is true for me, and I need to bring that up in a loving way. I like, I like when you say that, when you said you don't want to be controlled by anyone. And you know, women in prison, um, you guys know that I, I go in and I share the gospel, and I love I love you guys in prison. I just love you so much. But a lot of them are either codependent or they feel like they're under obligation for someone. And Scripture tells us in Romans 13, be under obligation to no one. The only obligation you have is to love one another. Whoever does this has obeyed the law. Mm-hmm. And that's what God's asked us to do, get that love so thing good. right. But you're not a doormat. No. And it's not okay that these people are treating you in such a way that you're leaving and you're crying for the next three months. Correct. And, you know, in many cases, you know, those that that mother, you know, has children. And so what we get to do is as I address this mess with my spouse, even if it doesn't go well, what I'm doing is I'm creating in now in my in my family, a new generational pattern that I'm breathing into each of my kids. Yeah. And that's the way God works. The buck stops here. Right. And I'm changing a new pattern and it may not happen overnight, but it's going to happen over time because that's the way God works. Yeah. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. So we get to live in that truth. We get to live in that hope. And we get to not be defined by whether it goes well or not. Mm-hmm. People pleasers are too defined by, well, I wasn't in God's will because it didn't go well. Because he or she didn't react well. So what did I do wrong? You did nothing wrong. You were honest. You were doing Romans twelve nine. love must be sincere. I was direct, but I wanted to hear what he or she had to say. And, you know, they didn't respond. They got defensive. They left the room. They overreacted. Uh, you know, it's not a blame game, but I did my part well, and I'm going to keep moving the ball down the field and be honest. What do you do then? Do you just cut that relationship off? or Because you're going to see them at the other events. Right. So, again, each situation is different. What's the truth? The truth is I see them twice a year, then I can go to my second boundary, which is loving detachment. If I have to see them, you know, five times a day, and they are an abuser, then maybe I go to separation, you know, but... I'm, you know, each case is different. So the third boundary is separation where, hey, I'm not going to re-engage in this relationship until we get help together. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of situations out there like that. Mm-hmm. So we have to know what is true. Now, sometimes what is true also is that 
maybe I grew up in trauma myself. Mm -hmm. So let's say I grew up with an alcoholic parent. And now I'm in a new, uh, I'm in a marriage now, and my spouse maybe has a drink here and there. Mm -hmm. But the truth is they're not an alcoholic. But because I grew up in an alcoholic home, I think they're an alcoholic. So sometimes I have to be aware of my own trauma and make sure I'm not breathing my own stuff into this relationship. And sometimes that happens too. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have to work on my own side of the street and know what is true and what's the truth about my spouse. And when we address the mess, that gives us the best chance to move forward. Mm-hmm. So I think avoiding the mess is okay for those flaw finders out there that are always kind of, you know, just generally looking at what they're against with every kid, with their, with their spouse, and are always kind of finding flaws. It's very draining. Okay, we have to have hard conversations, but I always talk about and most national research says we should have what's called five to one. Five affirmations to give each other for every one criticism. I'm taking notes. <laughs> so how are we doing with being for each other in Christ but also having hard conversations? So the family gets less dysfunctional and more functional as we create a safe place to have mm-hmm. disagreements because we're going to have them. So th- those of us out here that always have to be right, we have to listen more. You know, James says what? Quick to listen, slow to anger. I need mm-hmm. to read those verses in James if I'm a controller type, I need to get mm-hmm. all over the book of James and just read it. Yeah. Younger brother, Jesus, waking up next to Jesus every day. Amen. Right? So I need to do that. Now, mm-hmm. if I'm a pleaser, then I got to work on love must be sincere. You know, don't don't speak falsely against your neighbor by avoiding stuff. So I'm not being sin- sinning in my anger. I, I'm addressing my anger. Anger is a normal emotion. So if I'm a pleaser, I've got to learn how to be more honest, more direct, and address things. So it kind of you have to look at your style, mm-hmm. you know, what your personality is and what your tendencies are. I am so pumped about today's topics because no one is excluded. It's called a hot mess dysfunctional families, and we are here with our guest. I'm so thankful you're here, Todd. Todd okay. Mulliken, he's with Mulliken Counseling Center. You can find him online. I really highly recommend you do because I'm going to tie this in now. What you just said, you were talking about dysfunctional families. Um, and, and before I get there, though, I know I've got to mention to you, ladies, you can find us online as well. And it's him for her ministries, him, H-I-M, number four, H-E-R. That means God's for you. Him for her ministries dot org. And would you do me a favor? Would you partner with us financially? We need your help. So we've got a big God with a big vision. Please partner with us. Come alongside us. Him for her ministries dot org. So we can continue to bring awesome people like Todd. And he shares his professionalism and his expertise with us as we talk about a hot mess, dysfunctional families. So Todd, You talked about, number one, having an honest conversation. You talked about, number two, don't listen to defend. I really enjoyed that. That was under the honest conversation. Number two is loving detachment. And number three is separation. And you also gave us some suggestions and tips when we think about trauma and where we have been in the past as well. Can you share a little bit more on the separation part? Sure. So... If we've had honest conversations and they don't work, if we've gone to kind of that medium, chill, loving detachment where I'm respectful and cordial but not as close mm-hmm. and it still is feeling really unsafe and hurtful and destructive, then I need to go to that separation place where I'm going to have an honest conversation saying, I need space and time until we get help together. I really can't spend time with you until we do that. 
and none, none of that just happens easily. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. But, so separation is not meant to punish. It's meant to create a pause mm-hmm. so people can look in their own mirrors and then get help together. Do you take people in pairs like that? For sure. So yeah. people that are struggling together, whether it be mm-hmm. families or yep. our children and parents, parents and children, et cetera, they all come in and they can share Absolutely. And from I think, perspective. And wherever people are at in the U.S. and around the world, it's like sometimes it's good to, you know, local churches will also have a list of counselors that specialize in certain things. So call mm-hmm. that local congregation that's really kind of got it going, you know, mm-hmm. gospel-based. And, you know, they'll have a list of therapists too in that area. And so before that, you know, before seeking help together so that restoration has a chance, you know. But separation is sometimes an important thing because especially if you're more of a people pleaser, that's enduring the mess. Mm -hmm. So pleasers and codependents are very vulnerable just to endure, minimize, avoid. And those are all things that don't address, Mm -hmm. change, bring hope. Okay, they just endure. And enduring is not good. And, you know, oftentimes I see they want to self-medicate. Correct. We're all going to cope differently then. Yeah, whether they turn to drugs or alcohol Mm -hmm. or, you know, workaholic or, you know, some other things. They want to self-medicate the pain that they're experiencing and what they're going through. I see that in prison as well. Um, And, you know, God tells us, get the love thing right. It says, my children, our love should not be just words and talk. It should be true love which shows itself in action. And sometimes that action is going to be that you have got to separate yourself correct, to keep it healthy mm-hmm. until that person's ready to come to the table and talk. Right. Absolutely. Because otherwise, as a pleaser, we want to fix it all. We want to manage it all. We want to take on their stuff. And your God's made our bodies where it doesn't have room for all of that. Yeah. And you start having panic attacks. You start having tremendous anxiety. That's a sign that you're taking on too much and you don't have to do that. Okay. In that dysfunction. No, mm-hmm. yeah, because God, God takes care of that stuff. We just need to be honest and integrous and lead out with being authentic. But being authentic doesn't mean we're always, quote-unquote, nice. Jesus wasn't always nice. So yeah. people, please, just tend to read the scriptures and look at the, the nice parts of Jesus versus other times when he's just bringing the truth, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so as a pleaser, if you're more that way, you got to look at those scriptures and, hey, you know, it's okay for me to speak truth and have hard conversations. I liked what you said, um, you know, read out of the book of James or other chapters in uh, God's Word, because what that does is if we first go to the throne, before we go anywhere else, mm-hmm. we're seeking God and His intervention. And that's what, so I have seen the most dysfunctional situations become righted up right away because I went to the throne first, mm-hmm. and I sought out my father, and mm-hmm. I asked him to help me and to come alongside this situation. And oftentimes it is through a counselor such as yourself, Todd. Mm-hmm. Well, people, God, God's guided them to different counseling mm-hmm. situations, and they've had that godly guidance. Now, I want to make sure that everyone knows that you, have, you are a Christian counselor mm-hmm. and that you're going to guide them in God's word and not just be going and pulling out of the secular world. And that's really what's important, is that you seek someone who knows Jesus, who loves Jesus, and who will counsel from uh, God's word and from his heart. Um, Todd, would you share with us, my next question is, there are people who overreact. Mm. Um, I believe that you use the word dysregulate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Is- so one phrase that we use a lot in our field is self-regulation. So the idea there's you know, and we see that in the scriptures, you know, do not give full vent to your anger, Proverbs twenty nine eleven. Do not, in your anger, do not sin. So for those of us that are kind of wired hot or we grew up in a home where there's a lot of yelling or we grew up in a home where the parent that was really dominant, you know, we just, we cringe because, mm-hmm. and we were bullied, now we're bullying. Okay, so 
those of us that are like that, we need to learn how to, you know, kind of regulate it and slow down, slow down, be with the Father and know that you're loved and create a safe place to have an interaction, not an interrogation. Mm, so, interrogation. so if I'm a controller, mm-hmm. I got to stop interrogating, telling people how to live, telling them what's wrong. I got to say, here's how I'm feeling, but how do you see it? If I'm a parent and I'm too dominant, I got to give my kids a chance to say what's on their mind because when they become a big person, they got to know what they feel and think when they're in a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. So if I'm that way, if I'm a dysregulator, if you will, by kind of going to the top of Anger Mountain, I call it too quick. And that's quick. called overreacting. Yeah, we're just kind of overreacting. Mm-hmm. The truth is it's not creating a safe place for everybody else. So in my contentment in Christ, if I know I got an anger issue, I got to regulate that. Okay, it doesn't mean I don't get angry, but when I get angry, I'm going to say, here's how I feel. How do you see it? Speaking to my daughters, you know, here's, I'm, I'm frustrated by this, but what do you think? Mm-hmm. We're having a dialogue. We're not having a monologue. We're having an interaction. We're not having an interrogation. Mm. So that's a big deal in dysfunctional families is usually there's one dominant person that's controlling the environment. And everybody else is walking on glass. So it's not just about the one, but mm-hmm. that person's got to look in their own mirror and make sure. Because here's the beautiful part. I've seen when that controller really starts to receive mercy and starts to instill grace, start giving their kids a chance to know what they're feeling, mm-hmm. start telling their husband and wife, hey, here's what I think, but how do you see it? Change the whole environment. Wow. Just, I would it imagine changes it. Would. it. Yeah. It's just that word, how do you feel? Right. What do you think? What do you think? You're, you, you get to validate what the other person's experience. It doesn't mean you're going to agree. Yeah. You don't have to agree. Well, so my, my four quick things are speak without offending, listen without defending. Once in a while, agree to disagree. And we're not always going to agree. Okay? The only time we, in marriage we always agree is if one person saying yes to you all the time. Mm-hmm. That's not a good thing. We're not always going to agree. Mm-hmm. And the fourth thing is own your own part. So come back from the conflict and look in your own mirror. Don't gain more ammunition about what's wrong with the other person. Mutually, as a couple, as individuals in a family, come back and own your own part with mercy. Hey, for those words, I really am sorry. For shutting you out for two days, that's on me. So mutual vulnerability, mutual confession, those are all tools that make dysfunctional families less dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't happen overnight. But it's each person working on their side of the street. You know, you gotta you gotta practice it, right? You know, and especially it, if you're that uh, what, what was that word? A dysregulate person, where um, you're overreactive, or maybe the word is drama queen, ladies. <laughs> Not sure if that's the right word, but you know, maybe you're drama queen and everything gets blown out of proportion. Um, I love your advice to really sit back, reflect on yourself. Um, you know, to speak without being offensive. Don't be defensive. Um, and what were the other two, three and four? Sure. So three and four are agree to disagree. So in other words, you know, a lot of times narcissistic people want to always be right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, the fifth symptom of narcissism is a sense of entitlement and expect automatic compliance to my wishes and expect extra favorable treatment. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, if we, in my opinion, if we're content in who we are in Christ, we're all going to have our flaws for sure. But we can realize, you know, I don't have to be right. I can have a strong opinion, but yeah. I want to. I want to know what somebody else thinks mm-hmm. and feels. And then the last part of that you had mentioned before is own your own part. Own your own part. So come mercy. back from the conflict. Yeah. Come back from the conflict with mercy, with mutual confession. It's not a false sense of humility. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it's mm-hmm. like, hey, for this, I am sorry, and I, I really mean that, and I repent from that, and Amen. I turn away from that because yeah. I know how destructive that is in our family. And then the Holy Spirit just washes that. 
Mm, I love what God does in that. Todd, I just want to thank you so much for being here. Your wisdom is beyond what I could have even imagined. And speaking of wisdom, you know, in God's Word, it says that you can seek Him and ask Him for wisdom, and He will give it without finding fault. But if you ask and you doubt, you're no better than the waves being washed back and forth of the sea. And that's in the book of James that you had mentioned as well. But I want to make sure we remember, too, to honor our parents and not to exasperate your children. And instead, seek out the Lord, invite him in your life, and then call Todd. (laughs) Todd, thank you so much for joining us. thanks for having me. Ladies, until next time, over and out, I love you so much.